From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here, welcoming you to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us. And, of course, with us as well here in the front room of Advancing Vibrant Communities, our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, and uh, Big John Engel, the ever-ready bunny of ABC, yes. after a long, hard day at work uh, with us as well. And, and you know, Elaine, it, it's um, it's our blessing really, to work with wonderful people in the community. You know, none of us can do it all alone. That's right. And that's really the way God designed it. We have to work together. And one of the great blessings over the past couple of years has been to work with our our guest tonight, uh, Rebecca Sisek. And uh, Rebecca, it's just wonderful to have you with us now with uh, the American Red Cross Mm -hmm. at the helm here in uh, Stanislaus County. And uh, first met you as you were working with United Way. And and with the Emergency Food and Shelter uh, Board. You know, Elaine, there are people, even in in ministry and and the nonprofit world, you know, clock in at 8, they clock out at Mm 5, and it's... and, you know, mm-hmm. Rebecca's one of those people that gives it like 350%, yes, you know, is. and what a blessing. We'll be talking to Rebecca and, uh, you know, want to hear her story also uh, about some new things that are happening with the American Red Cross. But we'll be uh, looking at that in just a few minutes. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. From the studios of Advancing. What will people be? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with new details about a recent martyr in Iran. Gorban Turani was stabbed to death on November 22, 2005, and his body dumped on the doorstep of his home as a warning to other Christians. It turns out a week earlier, at a meeting of Turpin religious leaders, Gorban had spoken passionately about Jesus. The evening he was killed, someone called Gorban, said he wanted to become a Christian, and asked to meet him in a park. It was a trap. Witnesses saw three men jump from a car and plunge knives into his stomach, back, and throat. But even in death, Corbin's faith is contagious. His wife and many others have rededicated their lives to Jesus. How about you? For more stories of courageous Christians from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.net. Back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Just a reminder, friends, uh, Brad Dacus is not going to be with us with a story today, but we want to remind you that uh, Brad Dacus and his team from the Pacific Justice Institute will be out here on uh, Tuesday, February 12th for a, and runs about three or four hours, a wonderful seminar on the legal aspects of ministry. Whether you're in vocational ministry in a church environment or with a nonprofit organization, a ministry in town, whatever it might be, this is a 
must do. I'll tell you, just incredible information. Everything from uh, new HR laws to uh, what we need to know in terms of the legalities of of responding to uh, lawsuits and and eminent domain. I mean, all sorts of uh, information. Last year was just a hoot, was wasn't it? It was a fun timing. time. Yeah, it was really now you, you think you got a bunch of lawyers, you know, for 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and you're going, oh man, this is going to be a real yawner. We learned but a lot, though, didn't we? It, it was entertaining. It was great. It was I'm, free. It was free, it was and, and you get a free meal. <laughs> now all the pastors are paying attention. Free meal, <laughs> brothers and sisters. And, uh, so anyway, and and they do make it very entertaining. It's absolutely an incredible time. Again, that's coming up on February 12th. You're invited to come, whether you're a part of the administration of your organization or your church, your nonprofit or not. you just like to get some more information on what's happening today on the legal front please let us know. We'd love to start putting you on the reservation list. Again, we'll feed you lunch, and it's just a great time. Again, uh, usually runs 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's coming up on February 12th. Just give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Let Elaine know that you'd like to attend, and uh, we'd love to have you there. For more information on the Pacific Justice Institute, of course, you can call them toll-free at one 305 9129. That's 1-888-305-9129, or their superior website is www.pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. And we'll be back with Lighthouse Live right after this. Award-winning speaker and author of 26 books, including bestseller Bad Girls of the Bible, Liz Curtis Higgs is coming to Modesto. Now, I have so much compassion for Eve. You know, she didn't have ten commandments to follow, though. She just had the one commandment, and it was a diet. For women who long to let go of guilt and embrace freedom, seven community churches have joined together to bring Liz Curtis Higgs to Shelter Cove Community Church Saturday, October 6th. Tickets at Beardsley's Book and Bible in Modesto and Family Bible in Turlock. I love this. This is the second funniest one-liner in the Bible. It is. The first being when Aaron says to Moses, I don't know, I threw the gold in the fire and out came his calf. Embrace Grace with Liz Curtis Higgs, Saturday, October 6th at Shelter Cove Community Church in Modesto. For more information, call 567-3200, extension 339. Do not tell me there is no humor in the Bible. (laughs) Great stuff, huh? I love that line. Uh, a diet, you know, that, anyway, go ahead. All right, let's get to the Volunteer Center of the United Way, Linda Hand List, because this is where we come in, friends. Uh, the series Partnership for Healthy Children is getting re- ready for their 10th annual Family Resource Fun Fest, and that's going to happen on Saturday, October 20th from 11 to 3. It takes place at the Whitmore Park in series. It's a free event for all ages, and it's packed with fun, games, activities, prizes, food, Hey, there's a big one. Family resources and community information. And volunteers, that's where we come in, are needed to uh, help out with setup, cleanup, decorations, balloons, refreshment, uh, stands, games, a bounce house, face painting, and lots more. Uh, flexible shifts are available. For Those people. bounce houses are fun. They are, have you done that lately? I, well, I, I have, actually. I've gotten inside with the kids and the yeah. kids, and it's, it's great. It's a riot. It we really we rented one for my kids. And I spent quite a bit of time in there. Just, just on your amazing. feet or <laughs> well, 
Well, you don't need to go into detail. I'm just saying it was a fun time. It is I mean, a fun time. Are you trying to go somewhere <laughs> Mr. with that? Mr. Uh, Al, I think so. Mr. Al, I Mr. Al is really praying I'll now. Tell you what, this is Pastor a, Mike in the bounce <laughs> house. You know, that, that's kind of a weird, really a weird word picture, huh? This is a but great. I was there. You were there. He can attest <laughs> he to that. He remembers. Right? He probably has all kinds of stories. Maybe I'll let you finish now. Tell off there. Okay. Thank you. Flexible shifts are available for this, too, and that's between 8 and 4. And volunteers ages 14 and up are needed for this. So you might want to turn out for this. This would be a great time. Again, it's a series partnership for healthy children. A great time to be had for all. Also, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Stanislaw River uh, Parks, the 14th Annual National Public Lands Day. And this year's event is going to be on Saturday, September 29th. That's from 8 until 1. Volunteers are needed to work with park rangers to make improvements at the Horseshoe Road Recreation Area. Now, volunteers ages 12 years and up, I've got Al's attention again, uh, are going to be helping to improve and extend an existing trail, uh, pick up litter, plant trees, and help with the river cleanup from a raft. Now, this could be dangerous at all. It could also be fun. But all volunteers are going to be treated to a free barbecue lunch, and those interested must be pre-registered by September 22nd. This is located uh, in historic Knights Ferry. This would be a great time. It would be a lot of fun, but a lot of uh, good interaction with uh, all those who are participating in this. And once again, a, a good opportunity to make friends and, and again, those That's fun up there in Knights it Ferry. It really is. It's beautiful. Last time I was up there, my kids took me there for my birthday. Mm. And the, the activity for the day was to catch tadpoles. Okay. Now, you know, those little boogers <laughs> leave, live a long... Do you know that? We had a primordial swamp in our kitchen for, like, ages, and those <laughs> those little things wouldn't die. They're very hardy up there at night's ferry. So, anyway. And, and, and finally, Mike, you... <laughs> You can provide, I'm kind of webbing. You can provide today. health services, coffee. and after all those tadpoles in your kitchen, Lord knows we need these health services. Uh, Works great on pizza <laughs> for seniors <laughs> at the annual public health services senior flu clinics. Now volunteers are needed to greet the public in a courteous manner. Uh, that lets me out, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, distribute flu shot information, uh, assist staff with registration, and direct the public to flu clinic nurses. Uh, volunteers should be at least 18 years old and be friendly and no tadpoles, please. And great <laughs> communication skills, responsible, and may need to stand for long periods. Uh, if you're interested, uh, you might uh, be asked to complete a volunteer application prior to the 21st of this month. Flu clinics are open October through December, uh, various times and locations. Flexible scheduling is available and training, uh, of course, is provided. If you have any questions, Barbara Borba would be glad to hear from you. She's at 209 1307 extension 113. Again, 209 uh, extension 113. Or you can always give us a call here at 544-9571. We're always glad to answer those questions for you uh, as well. Got two things coming up. Yes, we're going to let we you do. know about. Yes, we do. By the, this evening, by the way, if you're listening to our broadcast live tonight, uh, we're going to be a half hour later this evening on our Return to Relevancy series, going through Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven, starting in Chapter 3. So you've got about, um, I don't know, 57 minutes to cover Chapter 3 before we start. Uh, but we'll be, uh, we'll be doing that actually at 7.30 tonight rather than 7 o'clock. So those of you listening live uh, with us on the 6 o'clock hour will be back at 7.30 p.m. with a return to relevancy in our study of Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. And by the way, those of you who are partner agencies 
Rebecca, and uh, also volunteers with us. It's our turn to appreciate you for all that you do, and uh, we're going to have a wonderful picnic for you with ribs and hot dogs and hamburgers and and. For those of you who don't eat that, well, some leafy things as well. But, don't look at me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'd love for you to stop by after work. This will be uh, Thursday, September 27, at Downey Park from 4.30 p.m. to 6, uh, 7 p.m. That's 4.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., Thursday, September 27. It's a drop-in thing. Feel free to come by, enjoy some food with us. Let us appreciate you and thank you for all that you do. Again, that's 4.30 to 7 p.m., Downey Park, and that's right above Downey County High School at uh, Brighton and Coffee Roads in Modesto. Again, for more information, don't hesitate to give us a call. 5209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. That's going to be a fun time. We can't That'll wait be great. for that. We can't wait for tonight either because you know what? We have been looking forward to this. It's just such a pleasure to welcome tonight a good friend, longtime friend and, and partner, executive director of the Stanislaw Chapter of the American Red Cross, Rebecca Cizak. And just a thank you, Rebecca, for taking time out to be with us. And uh, aren't you glad we waited a little while to give you time to settle into your position before we asked you to come and do this? But we just appreciate you taking the time to come and do this and uh, just wondering what a typical day at the American Red Cross might be for you now that you've gotten your feet wet. Well, thank you so very much for having me this evening. I have just been there now. I can't say I've just been there since October because now I've been there almost almost, uh, almost a, a year. year. Yeah, wow. I'm mm. going on a year. And um, it was just a year ago that I was in the process of, of uh going through the interview process and, and wondering where I was going to be led next in my life of working in nonprofit uh, service. But I am very thankful to be here tonight to share with our community the American Red Cross. I would, uh, you know, often what I do is I ask individuals, what is the American Red Cross? And so, uh, Pastor Michael, what does the American Red Cross do? Well, I think that off the top of my head that during disasters, the American Red Cross is always there to uh, provide shelter and uh, and support services. And then I think on a regular basis, the Red Cross does things like provide you know CPR training and first aid training. And uh, when there are major happenings around town, like fires and that sort of thing, the Red I Cross asked the is wrong there person. To help you know out. too That's much. <laughs> I, well, only because we've had the Our blessing of working with you. I know, I know. Most folks just say that first the piece, disaster, that first right? sentence. They say, oh, you, you respond to, you know, uh, a Katrina or floods or, or Peru or any of the and number of things. that, true. And that is yes. all very, very yes. true. And we do have volunteers in this community that we do deploy to national level um, disasters. But on a day-in, day-out basis... What an American Red Cross chapter does, whether it's here in Stanislaus, Merced County, right. San Joaquin County, across the United States, and into um, internationally into the world, we have three core services mm-hmm. that we have to provide our local community. The first being, and one of those things that um, was mentioned, is to respond to local needs. So if you had a fire in your home this evening, regardless of the time, and uh, Jim Money, my disaster uh, coordinator last yes. night, called me at 12.05 a.m. Mm. 
to the fire that affect, we thought initially affected six units up on Upper McHenry or McHenry and McDougal. Uh, it turned out to be a little bit less than that, and we were very, very thankful that it wasn't six units. Um, it, it really um, impacted less than that. But we respond 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year here in Stanislaus County because that's who we serve, our local county, and that's what I'm going to speak about tonight is what primarily our county does for our um, citizens and, and, and you know, the, uh, our residents. And... What we do is we build teams of volunteers, and those volunteers go through what we call disaster assistance training, or our DAT team members, DAT. And last night, and I'll use last night as an example, because we didn't know the size and scale of the fire in the beginning, initially thought we thought we would pull out six teams, a team per unit of that apartment where we thought that that's the scale of the fire. What those teams do is they... T- they uh, have the authority. We don't self-dispatch. We, you know, we don't have a ham radio that we listen to for fires. We go when we're called. So we have got to be called by the fire department, by the police department. We don't just put, you know, ears on and have um, zealous volunteers out there that just go flying and, and follow. That's not what we do. We have to be called into the scene. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody can't alert us and that we then make a step to say, do you need us? But we always go through the protocol of, of establishing the need for us to be there. But uh, we are um, very proactive, and both the police and the fire department call us regularly. And we are allowed to cross fire lines. We have a flag uh, that we put into our window, and that allows us to drive into the scene and be there as a partner with the fire department. Of course, the fire department is assuring for the safety and, and you know, trying to get folks out of the home, uh, trying to get that fire out, trying to pre- protect surrounding buildings. But what you have are those folks who are being affected. And so if you can imagine uh, in the middle of the night all, having your home uh, be on fire and you're standing out there watching it, and the firemen are busy doing what they need to do, which is take care of the fire at hand or calling medical personnel if there's injuries. And what the American Red Cross volunteers do is to provide um, compassion. Mm-hmm. They come and they work with those families. Um, they help those families find a, a, a centered place so that they can they can communicate with them to provide them with the resources that they need to get over the next few days. We don't do long-term assistance per se. We do uh, we provide immediate assistance, and then after a day or two, those families would or individuals would move on to additional resources such as the community housing and shelter services, who could provide longer-term shelter. Um, or some families have insurance that kick in with a day. Some families can go to a family member and might not need lodging, but. A great many of the folks that that we serve do need um, the assistance that we provide. And that assistance includes, and this is what we do for each and every intake, is point by point we go through what those families' needs are and assess what that family needs to get them through one night, two nights, three nights until they can um, build themselves back up and and start to make a new home or, or get back into their home or make other arrangements. And so we provide um, assistance through lodging. So we would provide motel lodging. Yeah. We provide um, t- typically one to three nights. If it's on a weekend, it's definitely going to be three nights. If it's on a weekday, it might just be a night or two. But for uh, for a family, 
and we provide meals for that family through vouchers um, or through what we call a client assistance card. And that card allows them would allow them to go to Denny's or you know wherever to the grocery store if they've got if they can bring food into the motel. Uh, and so we provide meals for every family member. We provide also cash on that card that allows them to buy replacement clothing. Now, not a whole wardrobe, but enough to get them through a day or so. We provide them with um, medical if they if their prescriptions. Let's say they have um, life. Um, threatening illness that, or diabetes or anything that they need to have consistent regular medication and now they no longer have access to it. It's two in the morning. Where do they go? We have a relationship with Walgreens 24-hour pharmacy and we can write the authority to, we have the authorization to provide them with um, a few days worth of um, of replacement medicines. We also can do replacement um, glasses. Now, this is all based on a fire emergency or some other emergency that has left a house uninhabitable. So it could be um, a water heater breaks and floods the home. The, ho- the house the house is in Keys where the uh, chemical truck blew into the homes. We put those families up because they were evacuated for X amount of days. We took care of those families for X amount of days. Folks just don't realize what the American Red Cross is doing in their community. And the families that were affected last night, we thought that it was six units. It and then it whittled down to four units of those four. Thank God. All four of those four units, um, a couple of families um, were able, were, were able to get back in. I believe one other family or a couple of families could go, Two families had other families they could go with. One other family, I believe, was allowed back in, and so we ended up only having to shelter one family. But those other families still needed the, need our resources, and, and they're still certainly eligible for them if they need the food or the the clothing or whatever. Um, and we do that 365 days a year. Now you wonder, where does that money come from? And it doesn't fall out of the sky, and no, we don't have we do not have the proverbial money tree. Although I really, you know, I I wonder at night. I I, I you know, I, I ask the Lord, where is it going to come from tomorrow? That because is a huge question, folks do it? not know what the Red Cross mm-hmm. does in your community, and um, they uh, and if they did, I believe that their generosity would pour forth. Rebecca, here here's an interesting thing to talk about uh, when, when there is a major disaster like Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people say, well. I'll give to that. Oh. What happens as people are funneling their money to this national or international disaster? What happens locally? You don't. That's a really good question. That, no, right? we don't. Yeah. And and as it should be. I mean, if mm-hmm. there, when, if some, if we had a huge earthquake here, or if we had an earthquake in the Bay Area, folks, you know where, where who we'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Our county has got to be. We are basically San Joaquin, Stanislaus, Merced counties are the housing ground for hundreds of thousands of individuals. We have to be mobilized and ready to provide um, emergency evacuation shelter for the Bay Area should you know that that large scale earthquake uh, happen or other um, large scale disaster. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Um, the money we process close to 750000 if I believe that is that I was not here um, as a paid staff at that time. And we and you're right, the American Red Cross, those dollars go to the disaster. As they that, should. As they, they should, know. and absolutely as they should. But it takes, we ran, during Katrina, we ran for weeks on end, 24 hours a day, mm. training, deploying, driving folks to the airport, 
getting all their papers in order, thousands of copies of, of paper that needed to happen to do training and copies of their materials and, and on and on and on. And we deployed, uh, for our county, we deployed over 450 individuals to Katrina. We, we, for the size of our county, the size of our chapter, we deployed more than um, any single chapter in California wow. for a chapter our size. Right. You know, and we're not the size of the Bay Area chapter or the Sacramento chair. But LA. we really, um, Stanislaus County rises to the occasion in many, many ways when it comes to um, help for others, just as you remember the churches that um, that mm. took semis and went and helped and, and are still right. helping. The article that was in the paper the other day. And we still are deploying volunteers that are helping with Katrina efforts. Uh, but I'll go back to your question real quick because I get, you know, off to the left here and go go on into onto you know I could just keep talking but um so so of the that you know three quarters of a million dollars plus um that those monies had to go go went to Katrina and rightly so and we are um not allowed to keep any of that money right and we can justify if we had to pull in an account temp person to help us you know with our small staff we only have four paid full-time staff um, we have some uh, part-time and, and lots of volunteers. If we had to pull in an account temp person, if we could justify the need for that money, but there is a cap on what we could justify, mm-hmm. that we could then, with a paper trail, say, well, this is what Katrina cost us. Um, and then we could, we could um, in, you know, then justify that, yes, that was helping for that disaster effort. Um, absolutely. But um, and then, of course, as you well know, you have donor fatigue, a lot of money poured out of this community absolutely. during those times. Yeah. And Red Cross isn't the only agency that struggled after that for donor support uh, to continue with the, your efforts at home. So what would you say, Rebecca, to the local residents, the local donors to maybe let them know and be aware of so that they could help locally help. to change that right. around? What, I would what? say that in a um, in a. In a calm time like now, um, if you're wondering how you can support the American Red Cross, we certainly can use donor dollars. And and just uh, putting the American Red Cross Stanislaus County chapter or Modesto or, you know, Stanislaus area, during a downtime, National would never question the intent of the donor. If it just comes to us now and it says American Red Cross, that's pretty secure that those dollars are meant for this community. But in time of Katrina... Or you know a large scale disaster, you um, you want your even if you were giving to the Salvation Army, you would want your dollars your your gift to say I want it to help locally mm. for the local needs of whatever it's taking to happen at that effort. But if you wanted to go to that effort, you need to let it say so as well. In a large scale effort like Katrina, if we got a check in that just said American Red Cross National, would assume that that would that the donor intent would have been for the national, whether the donor really meant that or not. Um, but that's just, you know, that that's working under a corporate umbrella who is who is also working very hard to make sure that donor intent is is um, kept and, and they're, they're doing the work of the donor. So I would always say, and I would also always encourage folks who are looking at um, long-term giving, whether it's through a, an endowment or a legacy or a bequest in your will, um, regardless if you're looking at the American Red Cross or your Salvation Army or, or United Cerebral Palsy, it doesn't matter. If you want it to stay at your local, if there's a national branch above it, 
I would ask you to really go back and check those documents and make sure it's going where you want it to go. Um, because there, again, there could be question at the national level, what did that donor really right. mean? And it's not that they're, um, you know, it's not necessarily a negative. It's just the way, you know, we are, we are, Red Cross is big business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you can't, you know, all of those large nonprofits really are large business, and they need to act like a large business um, to do what their mission calls them to do, whether it's it's the, you know, the Salvation Army, the Boy Scouts, the American Red Cross, American Cancer Society. They they know that services need to ha- happen local, and then they're not against services happening local. They're just not wanting to get caught in the middle of what did that donor mean. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sure. so we are, our message to communicate is, is remember the local. Remember the local, and uh, and I'll tell you. Last year, in the last um, in the last fiscal year, between July one of '06 and uh, June 30 of '07, we provided over eighty nine thousand dollars in emergency assistance to house fires in Stanislaus County. That was just house fires wow. that had nothing to do with the uh, shelter that we opened up for the the cooling centers last right. summer during that um, that that heat wave that came through that had nothing to do with the um, the heating centers that we opened when we had that cold snap this past January. So uh, our needs are constant, and folks just don't know what we do. And that's just one of our core programs. And, Elaine, you're looking at me like we that, need to take a break. No, I was thinking I that is significant. That <laughs> it is, is significant. Is we, major, helped, really. we, helped, uh, we helped over 653 individuals with um, shelter, and, and it's families and individuals. You know, some agents have very specific pockets. Some only help women and children due to whatever those issues are. Some only help families. There's very few that, that are really out there. Um, you know, the gospel mission will help individuals, uh, but those are, um, you know, those are homeless. That's not an emergency middle of the night. Who goes in the middle of the night? There is really, other than Haven's Women's Center, um, who is going to a very focused population, um, it, it, it's hard to name whose doors are open in the middle of the night and whose volunteers go out and search those folks out and bring them into mm-hmm. um, into safety. We so appreciate the partnership, Rebecca, of you being there and helping those families during mm-hmm. the times that the house is on fire because mm-hmm. we can recall, Pastor Mike, several instances right. when the, the American Red Cross has called right. ABC to step in mm-hmm. and, and provide uh, furniture Correct. Uh, and items, uh, right. washing machines and dryers mm-hmm. that have melted in right. a house fire and right. things like that. So we, we just truly appreciate right. and honor the partnership that we have with you. Well, in honor of our time with uh, Rebecca at the American Red Cross tonight, we thought we'd play a Mercy Me song. They have a song, and it's called Bring the Rain. And we'll be back right after this on Lighthouse Live.
Along with Pastor Mike, Elaine Harlan, and Rebecca Cezak. Except during flood season. Well, yeah. Then you know, Rebecca gets very busy. Then. You know, it's it's the whole idea around that song. And it just ties in so beautifully, doesn't it, Rebecca? I mean, you know, you guys are out during certainly the rains and the floods, but all of the other disasters and all that you guys do locally, nationally, Globally, you wear so many hats, and you know, we were talking during the break. You guys just respond, and the men and the women that do that, it's a lifestyle, and it's just a our hats are off to you. We just honor you and thank you and appreciate all of you who do that. Thank you so very much, and, and I, I stand behind my volunteers who would thank you for that mm. as well, and, and the support that really. Um, when you work in a nonprofit organization, you work for your volunteers because they yeah. are, and in the American Absolutely. Red Cross, our workforce is, is you know, 90% volunteer. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do, we couldn't do in our office what we can do if we didn't have that volunteer force. Mm-hmm. And and um, there's so many fabulous individuals and families who have, who have just, you know, picked up, picked up and moved out and and are there to serve um, others who are in great need. And and that's, I think, just a fabulous, fabulous lifestyle that uh, folks are called to to serve others and do it with open heart and and um, with regards to, to being able to help others um, back to some form of normalcy. 
And um, and so I'm, I'm thankful for those volunteers who, who take that call. And, and we have several deployed right now. And, and mm-hmm. so we had one person out for eight weeks working on Katrina just mm-hmm. who just came mm-hmm. back. And others who have gone to other floods and fires. And we had the Tahoe fire. And, and so we do deploy on a regular basis. We have to wait for that call from National to say that it has sure. gone. First, you help at your local. If you can't, if that's not going to manage local resources in your neighboring counties come in and, and then state and then national makes a determination at what point that, that things move in in a large-scale way. Um, I wanted to talk because I have several things I do want to speak about. I did say that we had three core services and spent a half hour on one of them. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about being a disaster action volunteer, you can just call us at 209-523-6451, whether you are in Stanislaus County or a neighboring county, and we will, um, or wherever you hear from uh, this, and we will make sure you get connected to your local American Red Cross and find out how you can serve your community and the, um, the greater uh, United States or world. Um, our other core service is our um, Armed Forces Emergency Services, mm-hmm. and this is also a um, mandated program. We, ha- we serve under a congressional charter. It does not mean that we receive government funds. We do not. But um, under this congressional charter, one of those programs that we do provide is the, we call it AFES, A-F-E-S, Armed Forces Emergency Services. And we are the communication link between families and a military member, whether they are in San Diego, Kentucky, Iraq, Germany, it does not matter. If you have a loved one in the military who has, um, and you have an emergency at home, it could be a birth, a death, a serious illness. Um, it, it has to be really a pretty much an emergency uh, um, to qualify, but that doesn't mean you can't call us. We will help you. We will help you make communication. Whatever that emergency is, whatever that emergency communication need is, it goes through your American Red Cross. The American Red Cross takes down all of the necessary criteria that um, they need to have the name of the soldier, the um, the name of the unit that they're with, where perhaps that they're stationed, unless it's top secret, um, the age, Social Security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to verify that service member. We then communicate that um, to the commanding officer um, who then makes the determination whether it is something that the, com- the the service member can come home. Now, maybe the service member doesn't need to come home. Maybe they just need a bona fide um, um, verifiable relay of information. Now, in this day of age of cell phones, anybody can call, and you can call your son or daughter and probably leave a message because, you know, cell phones have changed, mm. uh, have, have changed the military and, and wartime and mm. peacetime within the military. And so they easily could call and say, honey, you know, it doesn't look good for grandpa. You need to come home. That's not how the service member is going to get home. The service member is going to get home when the American Red Cross um, AFES, uh, and in our case, our county works again by volunteers 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week with volunteers who um, we have, um, we communicate, we get the call or our off hours line gets the call who calls a volunteer who then starts the process and the paperwork of determining the message that is to be transferred that message gets transferred, and we really, we are, um, we have got to do this within a set period of time. Within 20 minutes to an hour, we have had, we have to start working on this case. And so um, we, and so we have the authority to talk to the coroner. We have the authority to talk to doctors, nurses, hospice workers, anything to verify 
um, whatever the situation is, to communicate that need to the military member so that then, or to the military commanding officers to then uh, provide uh, to that military member the um, emergency transfer to come home, et cetera. We also have some grant funds. One of our United Way grants um, is um, for emergency uh, financial assistance for armed services members. Uh, we also have a very generous donor in town that has given us some money to help with um, emergency services because sometimes uh, a service member is here or is traveling or in the case of wartime like now, if you're in the National Guard, you uh, are working a full-time job, you're getting your money, you do your weekends as a reservist or as a National Guard, then you get called up to active, your pay stops, right. your, your active pay hasn't started, your family still has rent, utilities, all of those things. Right. Sometimes there's a gap. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they get deployed. And, and, you know, sometimes things are not so rosy when we send our soldiers out into the field. Sure. We have families who really are left behind and sometimes hurting. And so we do have very limited funds. But we can work with the, uh, the uh, military to provide loans. We just have to do all the paperwork. And so they can sometimes receive loans. Sometimes we uh, provide the, the just the assistance with no loan payment back. Sometimes it's emergency travel funds. Sometimes it's emergency utilities. But it all has to be around armed services. You know, we uh, we partnered uh, before you came on. I think it was maybe about two years ago with Jim Money. And I think the situation was actually uh, one of our, our military members had uh, – been injured mm -hmm. very critically, and we couldn't uh, get his mother apparently to where she needed to be. And I think uh, we we combined forces to get a volunteer to transport her wherever wherever she needed. You know, that's one of those hidden benefits that people don't know about. No, that don't is, even. but it's so important, especially right now. Mm -hmm. You know, with what's going on in Iraq and right. in Afghanistan and, and and such. What a what a wonderful way to serve those who. Uh, who serve the nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those funds only come through donations mm. Um, mm. and or grants. However we can get that money, that's the only way that those, those you know, those funds are there. And so, again, yeah. that's why it's important. Again, that's why. And you think, yes. well, what do you need if you have volunteers doing, you know, if you if you have volunteers doing that work, why do you need money? Well, the volu we have a 24-hour call line that we have to pay for. Our volunteers have um, phone bills to pay for. You know, they it, it's pagers so that we can get a hold of them or cell phones so that we can get a hold of them, the paperwork that has to be done, the, then the work that has to be done in the office to follow up for that. Uh, Jim had given me some. Um, we've already just since uh, July, our fiscal year is July 1 through June 30, and we've already helped um, with financial assistance for an APHIS, a couple of APHIS cases uh, to the tunes of $1,400. Well, that's just you know, what just since July, and um, so in our United Way grants five thousand dollars. So you can see that doesn't go very far, mm -hmm. and so um, we do. Um, you know, we we do take it seriously. We don't just give it to them because they come in walking in. But we've had some really, we've had some cases where we knew they weren't going to get help from their military command, and they needed help now, and that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. The other is um, international tracing. And um, this is much less known about than either of those two. And if you have a loved one in another country and uh, you know where is somewhat about where they are, and it could be a friend or it doesn't matter. It's just we can uh, begin that process to uh, communicate 
And of course, these our services are all at no cost. We cannot charge a dime for anything, regardless of what we do in those in those disaster type those emergency services realm. And so um, we um, provide um, emergency tracing or not emergency tracing tracing. But you're looking for someone, you know their last whereabouts. We then begin the communication process with the International Red Cross to help um, find that that locate that person, even if it's just to communicate. Yes, we found them. We've given them your your information, and now it's it's up to them to either recontact or, or, you know, whatever. But we have to make those initial steps. So those are the three core programs that all Red Crosses have to provide along with um, helping your community be prepared during time of disaster, whether that's um, being ready to upscale an evacuation site, which we can do in, in a heartbeat. We have four or five locations around the county full of disaster supplies. So if something happens in Patterson or Turlock or out in Oakdale, we don't have to scramble to warehouses here. Mm-hmm. We have to pay for those warehouses. We have a couple of donated, but um, we have a couple, two or three that are in, you know, your standard storage units that, you know, aren't cutting us a deal. So um, there, but we're here and we're ready, and and that's that's what we need to be. And uh, uh, we have another, uh, of course, our programs around training and preparation. We do have the American Red Cross has um, rolled out in the past couple of years our faith based initiative, and the faith based initiative and is a wonderful opportunity to provide uh, health, safety, and disaster preparedness outreach to our our church partners. And what we will do is the Red Cross is we will come in. In and train a core group. If it will come in and work with the church to get it set up, but um, they 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 determine who in their church wants to maybe be the core group. We come in and provide training to the churches around disaster preparedness, emergency preparedness. You think about okay, all of you folks out there. How many gallons of water do you have in your home? Do you know that you need a gallon of water per person per day? And in a large-scale event, it could be three or four days before services are turned back on. I would say for the most part, most folks aren't ready. And do you know how do you have your plan? How do you come together and meet? How do you find you get connected with your kids at school? How do you get with your daughter who lives another state away or out in Oakdale? Or, you know, what's your plan? And for them, we live in a very complacent mm-hmm. We are, you know, we live in this beautiful valley and we are, we are pretty complacent because it doesn't happen here, but that doesn't mean it couldn't happen here and it isn't going to happen here. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen? The reality is we're not ready. No, we we are not ready. And so, um, we can come in and provide that training so that then those core members of the church can train their church body. And then they can take it a step further if they desire to bring in their neighborhood community. Because where are folks going to come in a neighborhood? They're going to come to the neighborhood church because whether they're whether they are are members of that congregation or not, that is probably unless there's a school site, um, that's probably some place that they're going to see um, services that's jump up. And, and unfortunately, in in the corporate church. Uh, disaster and emergency response is way off the radar screen. Absolutely. Want to talk to you more about that. We'll be right back with Lighthouse Live right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. 
We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus's command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about AVC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. ABC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. We're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Rebecca from the American Red Cross. And so good to be with you. And I'll tell you what, Rebecca, doing, doing just a great job with the American Red Cross and lots of programs and initiatives. And the faith-based initiative is a, a great one with all of the uh, uh, service uh, things going on and, and just a wonderful job that you're doing. Let's give the phone number out once again so people may contact you if they're interested. Absolutely. In getting 209 523 
888-646-6451. And our office hours are 830 to 4.30, Monday through Friday, although we have a lot of CPR and, and readiness classes going, so our, we are a hub of activity into the evening and on the weekends, but our, our basic office hours are, are during that time. And my email is r-e-b-e-c-c-a dot c as in cat, i-s-z as in zoo, e-k at a-r-c-s-c-c dot org. But you certainly can call, and then we can communicate. I, I just touch bases on the faith-based initiative again. Uh, the, uh, another wonderful component of this is teaching within in your um, your community, your faith-based community, your church, your synagogue, your um, house of worship, um, your your basic readiness plan, and that's up to and including helping your uh, some members within your congregation to learn CPR. Yes. And become a CPR instructor. Now you think about it. You sit in your congregation. You sit with your your faith family. You worship with your faith family. And how many doctors are in the house? And and you know what would you do if you were having a weekend fellowship, or you were had a speaker brought in, or you had you know who would act? You think about some of these churches are very very large. Mm-hmm. And are you prepared on that front? Do you have an AED in your church? Um, you know, we're talking preparedness at all levels as a, as a community of which churches are. And so we would, what we will do in this faith-based initiative is provide you the resources to then educate your community as a, as a, um, faith-based community. So first we focus on the inside, which is your, your church family membership. So maybe you have two or three people that become instructors, CPR first aid instructors, and you start doing classes on your, on your campus. And then you reach out to your community, your community members, your neighborhood can come in and they're coming into your, mm-hmm. your home and you're teaching them life-saving methods, preparedness, disaster preparedness kits, disaster preparedness education, first aid, CPR, and they're feeling comfortable coming into your home. Maybe they'll continue to come. Well, and I think one of the neat things that the, the Red Cross does so well is, is the train the trainer. Uh, concept and you know way back some 25 years ago uh, I was a uh, uh, first aid instructor and CPR instructor and that was a kick Mm -hmm. I mean you know I was in a little town called Azusa down in Southern California but it it really was a great way to meet people and you know people are very receptive to want to get uh, that kind of training and and such and uh, I think you know, especially for our churches, what you know, what a great outreach yes. uh, tool as well. Outreach, yes. yeah. a, and plus, you're you're you know, you're preparing. Yeah, you're right. pre- pre- you know, God asks us to be prepared. You know, we are asked to be ready and prepared. It's a ministry. It is a ministry. It absolutely absolutely is is a ministry. And so I really encourage, you know, anyone who wants more information on this, I'll be happy to sit down and provide and, and, you know, make start some, you know, baby steps to get you there. We're bumping the clock just a little bit, Rebecca. But uh, what what about uh, becoming a a disaster assistance center? Oh, absolutely. Can churches Let's talk participate about that. in that? We have, actually, we have 64 partners okay. currently. Uh, Jim Money, who is our emergency services um, director, will come out and do an assessment and work with you to determine what your assets are. 
in your building. How is it that you can become, because shelters are critical, and there is a need uh, for shelters all of the time. And so we come in and do an assessment. What's your square footage? How can we use your facility? What parts can we use? What parts can't we use? Who in your community of um, within your church would come in and then become volunteers within that? Absolutely. Um, schools, um, churches, we really, that is something that we always are needing and looking to help build up. And it's a wonderful way to get involved in the community and be prepared because really if there was some major scale disaster, it could very well be that your your faith family are going to feel the most comfortable coming to your your their place of worship. Absolutely. And how are you Absolutely. going to be prepared for that? And much needed. And much needed. Absolutely. Right away. Right away. <laughs> so and the, 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 it, the, the on a dime. Needs to That's happen right. Ahead of and time, the reality right? is, is that um, I've been slowly going through all the disaster preparedness myself. I've been a 20-year volunteer with the Red Cross in the health and safety side, doing um, lifeguard instruction and and uh, first aid and CPR. Although the lifeguard part dropped off a few years ago <laughs> but um uh the reality is is that um i forgot where i was going where was i going <laughs> bring Rebecca, it back becca we have so, so out of time i'm sure time with so you. give me a call i'll remember it in the middle of the night i'll share with <laughs> you, you know tomorrow just call me <laughs> we'll bring you back thank you for being with thank us you very much and so much for what you do at the american red cross and we'll continue to keep all that you do in our prayers thank you dear friends at home wherever you may be for listening don't forget to join us next Next week, our dear friend Michael Wright will be our very special guest. Have a great week, and may God continue to bless you. Good night, and God bless you. We'll see you in a half hour for Randy Alcorn's Heaven. Tune in.